Welcome to the Servants of Grace podcast hosted by Dave Jenkins. Our podcast exists to provide trustworthy expository messages through the Bible and faithful answers to your theology questions. Now for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Well, welcome back to the the Servants of Grace theology segment. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this show. And today, one of our listeners writes in, and they have a great question. And the question, question is this, is temptation sin? Well, the, the book of James has a lot to say about this. Uh, James knows that a test can be taken in two ways. We can view it as a trial and turn to the Lord for aid so we persevere, or we can view it as a tragedy, a senseless accident, a failure on God's part to protect us, to love us. And and worse yet, some who meet trials blame and even attack God. They doubt God's character. They accuse him of malice. They say he tests them too severely, pushes them towards sin so they'll fail. And so when we face tests, we, uh, we are to endure because of the grace of God. We are not to give up. Believing failure is inevitable of such people that view God in this way, they, they do fail. They seek someone to blame. James is addressing this head on when he says in James 1.13, God is tempting me. He is leading me to ruin. James says that this is, this is outlandish. In James 1.13, he says, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. God never singles anyone out for impossible tests. Tests, they're bound to fail. God does not entice men and women to sin. That would mean that God was evil. He's not evil. And neither is God tempted to do evil, nor does he entice others to do evil. That would be evil too. And yet we need to come back and we need to say God does test people. Genesis 22 says God tested Abraham when he asked him to sacrifice Isaac. God allowed Abraham to demonstrate the authenticity of his faith. He also tested Israel in the wilderness. He sent one day's supply, a manna each day, and told them to gather nothing beyond their daily needs, but to trust God to rain down manna the next day. And the test of Abraham revealed the strength of his faith, but the test of Israel revealed their lack of faith. And by his design, tests provide the opportunity to endure in faith, to grow strong, to receive a crown. And yet God knows, and he controls all things. He knows that some people are going to face tests and fail. And so the same event is a test from one perspective for one person and a temptation from another perspective from another person. In the Greek, the same noun per osmosis, it means a test, a trial, a temptation. The cognate parazo, it means test, try, or even tempt. And so the context determines what the author has in mind. A test that lets people prove themselves or a temptation that leads them to sin. In fact, in James 1.12, the word test, in verse 13, it means tempt. <coughs> And so, excuse me, if a, if a test becomes a temptation, 
It is sinful human nature that makes it so. God does not tempt anyone, but each one is tempted by his own evil desire, James says in James 1, 13 through 14. Jesus teaches us to pray so we would not be led into temptation. That, that is, he tells us to petition the Father to spare us from tests. We will be doomed to fail. If we do fail, it's because our desires, they lure us, they entice us. As James says in James 1.14, by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. In biblical language, desires are not evil. For example, in Luke 22.15, Jesus desires to eat the Last Supper with his disciples. In 1 Thessalonians 2.17, Paul desires to see the Thessalonians. And yet, if we simply count the, the uses of the term desire, most desires are sinful. And this reminds us that our desires easily turn to evil to readily turn something that is good in itself to evil. Now, several episodes in Israel's history illuminate the issue. And since James is steeped in the Old Testament, those episodes should help us to follow his view of temptation and testing. The word for testing appears almost 40 times in the Old Testament. Israel faced its principal test as its people wandered in the wilderness after God delivered them from Egypt. God sent 10 plagues on Egypt to convince Pharaoh to let his people go. And when Pharaoh changed his mind, the Lord sank the Egyptian forces in the sea. In Exodus 15, all Israel praised God, saying, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. And yet a short time later, Israel faced a water shortage. It became a test. Would Israel trust in God in adversity? No, the, the people grumbled about the water. They grumbled against Moses. God provided water, but warned the people to listen to him, to trust that him to do good to them. In the next passage, the Israelites ran out of food, utterly thankless, the, the utterly heed, heedless of God's plea after they trusted them. In Exodus 16.3, it says, if, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There, there sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. This was nearly blasphemy, and yet God graciously promised to supply Israel with food in plenty, raining down bread from heaven. He promised to send bread every morning, but told them to gather nothing beyond their daily needs. God tested them to see if they would trust him to provide the next day. They failed, gathering more than they need. It rotted overnight, and it teemed with maggots by the morning. In the, in the next episode... The people came to a dry place, and they demanded water. They, they quarreled with Moses. They tested the Lord. They accused Moses of delivering them from Egypt and, and slaying them in the, in the desert. Despite this wickedness, God provided water. And yet, Exodus says, Moses called the place Massa and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled, and because they tested the Lord, is the Lord not among us? Exodus seventeen seven. After all the signs of God's mercy and strength, the Israelites have the audacity to question God, asking, in essence, what have you done for us lately? We want proof that you are with us, and we want it right now. Number says that Israel disobeyed God and tested him ten times in the wilderness. But Deuteronomy and Psalms cite the event at Massa as the pinnacle of Israel's faithlessness. 
The people tested God's patience by their disobedience, but he also tested them and found them wanting. Thus God tests people. He tested Abraham when he asked him to sacrifice Isaac. He tested Israel in the wilderness. People respond differently to such tests. Abraham had strong faith. He passed the test. The Israelites failed their test, but Moses, another man of strong faith, passed the same test. He felt the full burden of leadership, but persevered. He stumbled once and yet never ceased to believe that God would lead Israel to the promised land. When Moses met Hobab, his brother-in-law, he tried to recruit him to join Israel. Moses had his motives for the appeal, but he offered Hobab a motive for seeking his fortune with Israel. And with this, Moses persuaded Hobab to join him, for Moses believed that the Lord would send good to Israel. And by that time, Moses had faced armies, thirst, complaints, hunger, rebellion, and more. And his faith was unshakable that he told Hobab, in effect, you know God has promised good to Israel. You would hate to miss that. Moses' strong faith shows that God's tests can make us stronger and stronger. And this leads us to James's point into answering the question. The events, the deliverance from Egypt, followed the episodes of hunger and thirst, followed by further deliverance, are the same for Moses as for the rest of Israel. Why then does Moses pass where the grumblers fail? God's provision is the same. The test is the same. Their heart attitudes set them apart. The book of Hebrews draws the same conclusion about the wilderness generation in Hebrews 4.2. They failed not because God enticed them to sin, but because of their faithlessness. James says that God intends trials to promote endurance so that we who love him receive the crown of life. In fact, to endure in trials, we need wisdom, we need faith. If we fail to endure, we should not blame God. If we succumb to temptation, it's because we let our desires drag us into sin. We have no more right to blame God for our sin than the Israelites had a right to blame God for their wilderness grumblings. God had shown every sign of his covenant love. If if they doubted him, the failure was theirs, not God. The same is true for us today. We will pass the test by trusting, by looking to Christ, eyes on Jesus. Eyes on Jesus. Truly. His Hebrews 12 says, looking to the author, to the finisher of our faith. Hebrews 13, uh, 5 and verse 9. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. That means that, dear Christian, no matter what you are facing, whether it is a trial, whether it is a test, whether it's a temptation, eyes on your sinless Savior and Lord and King. Eyes on Christ alone. And Christ provides even even the help that we need to face every trial because he is our he is our sinless uh, not only our sinless substitute but because he's sinless he is our high priest and he understands in every single way everything that we are going through he knows it he knows it and that's why we can go to him because he knows us he knows us and he knows exactly what we're going through Hebrews 2, 17 through 18 and Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 tell us this. We have a Savior who truly cares, who truly loves us. And so as we close, I want to plead with you today 
to go to your Savior, no matter if you're facing temptation, whether you're facing challenges, whether you're facing difficulty, whatever you're facing today, go to your high priest, dear Christian, to your Lord, and lay your burdens down there. Cast them upon the Lord who cares for you. He knows you, and he he truly does love you. So I want to thank you for listening or watching this episode of the Servants of Grace Theology segment. Until uh, next week, may God bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening to the Servants of Grace podcast today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, leave a rating on the app, and share our episode with your friends and family. If you'd like to, you can follow us on Instagram at Servants of Grace, on Twitter at Servants of Grace, or by searching Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this podcast on the front page of our website at servantsofgrace.org.